All right, everyone. Welcome to the Rivers Student Podcast or RSTV Podcast. I guess we're still rolling with that. I don't know. We put videos out on Instagram every once in a while. It's not COVID anymore, though, so we're doing stuff in person. Uh, hey, it's Jared Moss, and you know who I am, and I'm here with my compadre once again for this month, Zeke. Ezekiel yes. Wallace. I'm how are here. you doing, bro? I'm good. I got like eight more days of school. Eight more days of school? Mm-hmm. Are you for real? That's it? Yeah, of in-person school, I have to go back. It's next week and the week after. Dude, Two let's more weeks. go. That's awesome. And I graduate May 14th. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. Eight more days of school. I love it. May 14th, graduation. And, um, man, oh, I was trying to figure out, what's May 15th? May 15th is something. 18th? Yeah, that's Joe and Kat's wedding. Yes, and it's also the deadline to send your taxes in now. And it's tax deadline. Right, because they extended from April 15th. And I'm thankful for that because we lost Veer James' Social Security card, so I still have not sent mine in. And I have to mail off the application for the Social Security card to get the card, to get the number. That's all I'm waiting on to put it into TurboTax and click Submit and send my taxes in. But gotcha. anyhow, uh, I was like, May 14th, what's May 15th? Anyhow, so we've just been sitting here chilling, stinking, <laughs> stinking, stinking Drew's brew. No, drinking Stew's brew. What'd you get? Mocha Granita, no whipped cream. Mocha Granita, no whip. Yep. I think I might go to Twix. I'm going to try it one time. They have a Twix one? Oh, my goodness. It's got cookie pieces in it and everything. I'll be having that. Twix is my favorite candy bar. Really? Yes. It wasn't when I was a kid, but I don't know, some something about it in recent years. I just started eating it. I'm like, man, this is good stuff. Gotcha. But I'm drinking... Do they have they have that oat milk honey oat milk? Yeah, it's honey ice ice honey oat milk honey latte. Oat milk latte. It is fire. It is so good. And we've been talking about the theology of twenty one pilots. Maybe that we'll do that in a future episode one day. I don't know. Um, anyhow, today we're just hanging out for a little bit. I've got to prep a sermon later, and so I'll be in out all afternoon praying and writing a sermon for Sunday, and uh, some other stuff. What you got going on later? I have an assignment due today. That stinks. A big honking project. Yeah. And then I'm going to Awaken. There tonight. you go. Awaken is so. tonight. Addie Drew's going too, bro. She is? <laughs> yeah. There's well, she, you know, she's six, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And it's Dogecoin Day. If you own Dogecoin, we are going to the moon. We have liftoff. We've gone from $0.07 cents to $0.47 cents in 48 hours and back down to 35 right now. But it's okay. I think Robin Hood is sabotaging us, but... Anyhow, Doge is like if Twenty Pilots is a cult of uh, of art of mm-hmm. musical art and theory. Doge is a cult of crypto finance, and it has its own underworld and its own culture. And you know you don't want to plumb plumb the depths too deep on that. But I'm having a good day because I've got Doge. But mm-hmm. anyhow, we're sitting here today, and we decided last month we highlighted what did we talk about? We talked about theology, theology, why theology matters. I did a few quick takes on how you form theology, how you gather theology, and things like that. And uh, we wanted to, even though we're halfway through the month of April, uh, drop a uh, a short window topic on sin. Sin. We want to talk specifically about sin. And, and wherever you're at, if you're in your car, you're jogging or you're walking or you're listening on your AirPods or your phone on speaker, however, you just heard that word and maybe maybe the, maybe a snake came to mind or maybe maybe somebody evil like like Voldemort or something, like just can't even just sin, thin. Anyhow, mm-hmm. um, sin is a, a biblical concept. It's throughout the entire scripture. And uh, we just kind of wanted to talk today about what it is, uh, but mo- more, impart- more importantly, how we handle sin. Because everyone, whether you are a Christian or you're not, uh, is confronted with this reality in that, uh, well, well, first and foremost, if God is real, 
then he has, and, and we don't even have to jump to Yahweh yet as the God. Let's just picture, you can go the agnostic route for five seconds and say there is a God. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's a God, he probably has opinions about what is right and wrong. And if so, theoretically, if you're created by that God, you're accountable to that God, which means if you do something out of that God's will, then you are, in fact, sinning. That's kind of the idea. And uh, Christianity has a lot more of a clear definition on that we'll get to in a sec. But So it affects all of us, um, and I think that it's worth talking about and investing some time on. And so um, I would say, let's start right here. I was thinking of this verse. Um, when I was thinking about this today, like what verse would I want to like, you know, launch launch this launch this theological podcast rocket off from and with. I thought of Genesis, I believe it's chapter four, verse six. And uh, in Genesis chapter four, verse six, let me go ahead and pull that up because I got my iPhone. I'm kind of digital right now. Um, even though, man, I've been looking up paper premium Bibles and just drooling for like a week. I'll have to show you some later. Some people spend way too much money on a Bible, and I'm probably going to be one of them at some <laughs> point soon. Okay, so in Genesis chapter 4, uh, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. So we got Cain and we got Abel, right? Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. So you got Abel, you know, being a shepherd, Cain um, being a farmer. And in the course of time, it says, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. That's an offering. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So in other words, God's sitting there and Abel brings him an offering and he likes Abel's offering. Cain brings him an offering. He doesn't like Cain's offering. And we'll get to that later. But it says, so Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord, this is the key verse, verse six, Genesis four, six. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? Sorry, it sets us up for the key verse. Verse seven, if you do well, talking to Cain, God's talking to Cain. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. You got to highlight. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Let me read that again. If you do well, and you can put your name in the place of Cain. God's talking to Zeke. God's talking to Jared. God's talking to whoever's listening to this. Why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And that's where we will launch from today. God stands at our attitude and our issues and our imperfection. Mind you, we're already in a fallen world because Adam and Eve already disobeyed the voice of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we're already out of the garden, and we're farming, and we're shepherding, and we're doing our thing, and we have our attitudes and issues and frustrations because we're in a fallen world, and uh, post-fall, and 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 Cain's mad because God liked Abel's offering and not his, and uh, like if like if somebody you like pays somebody else attention, you get frustrated, uh, especially my kids. If I give one of them too much attention, the other one gets mad, mm-hmm. and uh, God shows up and he says and he offers him. He said, "Hey." And he asks it in a question like he expects them to already know the answer. Like, hey, like, don't you know that 2 plus 2 equals 4? 
don't you know that it's good to take a bath and brush your teeth and not be disgusting? (laughs) And he says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, behold, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is to rule over you, is what one of the translations says. The ESV here says, contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Or how did, how did it say in the ESV? Have you got the ESV? I think it said rule over it. I think it said rule over it here in the ESV. In another translation, I think it says maybe subdue it. I'm going to look this up in the New King Jimmy, New King James. Hold on, hold on, hold oh, that's on. That's Exodus. And if you do not well, sin do not will it do well. Sin lies at the door, and its desires its desires for you, but you should rule over it. Okay, so New King James and ESV both say rule over it. Yeah. New Living says sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. It kind of unpacks a little bit more. So we got two options: do well and be accepted by God, or don't do well, knowing that sin is at the door. And this word sin is in the Hebrew there, it's chayoth, which basically means an offense. Um, If you commit a crime, you'll be charged with that offense, right? And while, honestly, nowadays with social media, you're, you're more like guilty until proven innocent in the court of public opinion, but it's supposed to be that you're innocent until proven guilty, in a court of law by a jury, you know, trial by a jury of your peers. But um, it's your job to clear yourself of that offense. And if you're not clear to that offense, you have to pay the penalty. And so shayath essentially means an offense. So sin by default is a record of offense in the eyes of God. God has a list of what's right and what's wrong. And to do wrong, according to that list is to sin. And it is an individual account. So you could sin multiple times a day. You could create different types. You could sin in different ways. There is sin. And I think, according to the Scripture, and this is this is one of the things I find very interesting. C.S. Lewis argues that the, mor- that the concept of moral absolutes is one of the greatest indicators of deism that we have. That agnostic atheism does not hold up with the fact that people know the difference between right and wrong in their core. They know that murder is wrong. Everybody knows that. It's supposed to know that. And so where did that moral compass come from unless the Creator encoded it and put it on our hearts so that we would know? And um, the law is written on our hearts in that way. And we know this because when you were a kid, and I'll ask you this, Zeke, did you ever do something wrong that you knew your parents told you not to do or something that... um, you just, after you did it, you felt really bad. Maybe you even felt guilty and ashamed. You didn't want to tell anybody. You just felt terrible. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So with sin, I think this is interesting. We call sin, we say sin a lot. Um, and like, which I'm going to cite my resource here. The Bible project has a word study on sin, iniquity, and transgression, and I highly recommend you look mm-hmm. at that because it goes through what it, the Bible, like what it actually says in context and what the words actually mean. So, as you talked about, sin is an offense. Um, in the Hebrew, sin most generally is chata, which that literally means to miss the mark. So, if you have a test 
to get anything less than a 100, you chatad the 100. Now, you might have done it by 5 points or 10 points or 50 points, but you chatad the 100. If you're shooting a basketball mm-hmm. and you don't make the shot, you just send the goal. You didn't make it. So, really, sin is sin is coming up short. Sin is not completing the whole rubric. Right. So, when the Bible when the Bible says, "For all have sinned and fallen short," he's saying that we all have in our past we've messed up, we made a mistake, we did something yes. that we regret. Hatad. Yeah. Maybe that's the word that I was pulling. I didn't listen to the. Hold on one second. I want to pull a blue letter. When I looked it up, it said chata. Well, it's it probably is this. Hold on one second. I I love the Blue Letter Bible app. Strong's H twenty four oh three. Ah. I'm gonna say chata. It's spelled like it's got a C, so it's like a chata chata. Yeah. But I you you click it and it's chat chatia. One more time. Yeah, I like it. Hata. Let's just call it Hata. So so that's the first part of sin. But what really is dangerous about sin that I've found Mm -hmm. is the sin nature that comes with it. Right. So so let's start here. Hold on one sec. This is one thing I wanted to say on this, because I like this, is that you said that as a child, Mm -hmm. you had those moments where you felt shame. Those moments individually are where you would have chatad. Yeah. Right? But, and I want to say, I'm setting you up for where I think okay. you're about to head, which is that verse we just read about sin, it says that if you don't do well, which means you miss the mark, right? Mm-hmm. You chatad. And by that definition of miss the mark, by the way, that's that's huge. Yeah. Because anything less than 100 is chatad. And we all less than 100 every day, right? Yeah. And uh, so y'all put that in your pocket because we got to come back to that because that's enormous. Some of you thought sin was like, I broke one of the Ten Commandments. Dude, if you broke a fraction of a fraction of one... You miss tenth, one, you miss all. Yes, you hatad and you sinned. So uh, we'll go back to that in a second. But what I found interesting about that verse, which is one of the reason I picked it, and I think I put the ball up on the tee for this, and you can hit this, this, hit this not out of the park, that's a baseball term, <laughs> hit a hole in one on this, is he says... If you don't do well, meaning if you make a mistake, if you chatah, surely, even though that's not the word there, but that's the point. Yeah. He says sin is crouching at your door, which means he uses an a, 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 a anamorphic, like, a, like an animal mm-hmm. terminology to it, like it's a leopard or it's a lion or something. In other words, he assigns life to it. Mm-hmm. And I want to be careful, not life in that like Jesus life, heaven, eternal life, that yeah. kind of thing, but he assigns thought, reason, intent, and personification to sin. So while we just defined the word hata, which it is in that passage, yeah. it says sin, hata, which means offense, as a record or an active offense against God, he uses that word in a uh, personification to make a point that mm-hmm. hata, the action, has intent almost like an individual yep. that's coming for you. So we're forced with this question right out of the gate of what is sin. Is it hata, a, a single individual offense against God that's on a record book, that's that's in the book, that's on the sheet of paper? Or is it something, maybe some, not, not someone, but rather than uh, 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 an, a, an item or an object, is it a being? Is it a... a is it an entity, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is I think where you're about to head, which yeah. makes this 
which honestly makes this conversation worth having. Okay, so to start, which I've been reading, I've been reading The Normal Christian Life by Francis Chan, and in that book, he completely... You said the normal Christian life. The life. normal Christian life. Francis Chan. Watchman Knee. I'm <laughs> so like, sorry. I was like, did Francis Chan Watchman Jack knee. Watchman Knee's I'm title? so sorry. Watchman Knee <laughs> yeah. wrote the normal Christian life. I mean, hey, if LeBron can be in Space Jam too, I guess Francis yes. Chan is probably the closest we've got to yeah. a new normal Christian life. So he writes, <laughs> and um, he starts, he talks, he's talking about Romans, and he in that book he completely combs what sin is and mm-hmm. how we overcome it. So right. he starts saying that humanity has two problems. Mm-hmm. And in Romans, we find those two problems exist because in the first half of Romans, uh, Romans 1 through 8, we're talking about, he uses the word, the subject is sins, mm-hmm. plural. Yes. Now, these sins is chata, and iniquity. Iniquity is avon, which mm-hmm. iniquity means crookedness. Mm. And then transgression is pesha, which means it's like it's betrayal. It's backstabbing. Ah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Betrayal, uh, crookedness, and to come up short. Right. Those are sins, plural. Mm-hmm. Every one of us have sinned. That's what the word says. Mm-hmm. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which means they would have hatad or transgressed yes. or uh, expressed crooked, so that they would have committed an yeah, act of offense came up, against yeah, God. Yeah, you came up short to the standard which God has. Yes. You made a mistake. You did something that you regret. Right. The second problem is sin mm. Now, here's the issue. Human nature, which I was reading this morning in John 3, mm-hmm. human nature is what sin messed up the most. Yes. Before Adam and Eve, but either, ate, either of them ate of the tree, mm-hmm. they were just like God. Yes. They were made in his image. They were made to co-create and co-rule. Like He gives them dominion over the earth. Yes. And he commands them to be fruitful and multiply. Yes. After they ate, what happened, it wasn't as much, it was that they disobeyed God, but it's because they disobeyed, mm-hmm. they handed authority over to the serpent. Mm-hmm. And now the serpent got to determine everything yes. that humanity could be. Yes. So, is sin something you do, or is sin who you are? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, here we go. Sins mm-hmm. is what you've done. Right. Sin uh, is who you are. Mm-hmm. Now I want to make something very clear. You are not sinful mm-hmm. because you sin. You sin because you're sinful. Yes, it's the other way around. Yes, we all know a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, mm-hmm. but a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Oh, maybe a one way to be more specific uh, with some more specificity is that you're not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you're a sinner. Yes. So that the, by the way that 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 er that yeah. ner on the end of it is an enormous theological key mm-hmm. that we'll cover as we keep going. So keep so, rolling. In John three, this is why Jesus says you must be born again. Now yes. watch that Greek word again actually has two meanings. The first is again, but the second is of above. Mm-hmm. So you must not only be born again; you must be born of above. Mm-hmm. So. Humanity has two problems, Mm -hmm. sin and sins. Yes. Well, when Jesus came on the cross and he died and he was resurrected, he has two solutions. Mm -hmm. The first is the blood. Yes. What can wash away my sins? Sins, Nothing but the blood. Exactly. So Jesus died. Mm -hmm. He died for your forgiveness. Right, of sins. Yeah. Uh, 
He wipes the slate clean. He clears yep. the offense record. Here's the, record the Lamb of God who takes with. away the sins, the yes. sins of the world. Yes. So the blood of Christ removes your sins. Mm-hmm. Uh. The problem is your sin, uh, singular, still mm-hmm. remains. Mm-hmm. If you have a tumor, mm-hmm. you can take all the medication in the world to help the symptoms, mm-hmm. but until you get rid of the tumor, mm-hmm. you're always going to have to take that medication and the symptoms will remain. Yes. Sin is a tumor. Right. You can't just deal with the symptoms. Yes. The problem is still within. Yes. So God's second solution is the cross. Yes. I love how he says it. He says, Jesus died for our forgiveness, mm-hmm. but he was resurrected for our deliverance. Yeah. So Jesus is not only the resurrection, mm-hmm. he's the life. Mm-hmm. So as a Christian, not only do we have our sins forgiven, mm-hmm. But we're born again mm-hmm. outside of the sin, uh, singular mm-hmm. nature that causes us to sin. Yeah. Before you're born again, there is a power acting in you and within you. I love how Romans 7 talks about it. He says that sin took an opportunity mm-hmm. through the law, and it is way, he says it's waging war within mm-hmm. my members. Mm-hmm. So within your own soul, mm-hmm. The reason you don't get ba- the reason you don't get baptized and immediately transported into heaven is because your soul. God also wants to save your soul. Yes, He doesn't just want to save your spirit. So right. your soul, or your, your body. mind, your yeah. mind, will, and emotions. Right. Yes, He wants to redeem your soul. Yes, you can't just go to heaven but live like hell on the way there. Yes, and when I say live like hell, that doesn't just mean sin and do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That means living in condemnation mm-hmm. and in shame and being a slave to sin. Romans six says, "You have been." It says right here, for sin will have no dominion over you. You become slaves of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Don't present your members to sin. Yeah. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Right. He's not talking about sins, uh, right. like what you've done. He's talking about the sin nature sin that nature. acts on right. people. Because again, when he says sin have dominion, he's using that language that we just read in Genesis 4. And the, of course, Paul may have very well been referencing that Mm -hmm. because, of course, he's a genius when it comes to the Old Testament. He gets it. He just like unpacks it, bam, 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 bam. And so that same language of having dominion, sin, singular, in other words, sin, the, not the animal, but sin, the entity, sin, the the big problem, sin, the root, you know, sins uh, are the fruit. Sin is the root. And this is one of the reasons that Jesus was so... um, combative with and he wasn't combative but his theology was combative yeah. to the pharisees because the pharisees they they specialized in dealing with sins uh. they wanted people to be held accountable for their sins uh. this woman is a prostitute yeah. this man is a fill in the blank they do this they don't wash their hands they yada 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 they do 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 and they don't 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 and jesus was able to bypass those because he's saying these are symptoms of the greater mm-hmm. problem that i want to transform at the heart the doctor doesn't look at you and say Oh yeah, you uh, you're you know COVID right now. The last year, mm-hmm. they don't look at you and say, um, "Oh man, you're you got a fever and you're uh, what were all the symptoms? You're losing your taste yeah. and your smell and and oh, Coughing, fever, here's a pill for your taste. Here's something you can do for your smell. Uh, you know, here's something you do for your fever. No, they say, "Oh shoot, maybe you've got COVID. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're saying you've got symptoms of a big problem. And until yeah. we deal with the big problem." 
we can't do anything about the symptoms. Yeah. So Pharisees and, and and today a lot of pastors and religious leaders and people and and Christians deal in the realm of sins. And as long as you're dealing in the realm of sins, you're not treating people with the individuality mm-hmm. of being an image bearer that Jesus loved them with. Like where you can sit down with somebody who's doing terrible things and you can look past the terrible things and ask the bigger question of what is the root? What's what 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 has sin uh, singular mm-hmm. done to this image bearer to cause them to come into partnership with evil to do these things? Let's yeah. forget about the things for a second, or let's follow the trails of the things. Let's not mow over the weeds in the flower bed. Yeah. Let's uproot the source. And Jesus always wants to deal with the source. Yeah, that's why he called them whitewashed tombs. Yes, because they dealt, the outside. They did everything they could inside. to clean the outside. Yes, but the inside was still dead. Exactly. So Jesus wants to work from the inside out. Exactly. He'll go after. That's why. I mean, that's why you have to be born again and yes. baptized. Yes. Baptism in Romans six. He talks about being dead to sin yes. and alive to God. Here's an interesting thought that I just was thinking about today. In Proverbs, particularly with the adulterous woman, he mm-hmm. says, "Run away." Right. Right. In the New Testament, so the, what's the difference? Jesus has come. Mm-hmm. He's died. He's been resurrected. The Spirit, like. The veil's been torn. The spirit's been poured out. Mm-hmm. Now he says, "Kill it." Right. Because before, all you could do was run. Yeah. All the only thing you could do with sin was run away from it. Right. And avoid it. Right. Now he says, "Kill it." Yeah. Put it to death. Yes. He doesn't say put a leash on it. Yes. He doesn't say control it. He doesn't yes. say manage it. Put it to death. Hey, it's funny. Because um, I'm going to geek out here for one second. I think in a two superhero movies. So mm-hmm. earlier we were talking about sins uh, are what you do because of sin. Yeah. And um, the the uh, the uh, first Spider-Man movies. Yep. Tobey Maguire. Um, which which by the way, if you're ever interested, I can completely ruin the series for <laughs> you because uh, Jason Moore set me up to do that for everybody for the lifetime. But regardless. Um, the third movie, which my, probably my least favorite, I think my second is the the second movie is my favorite of that series. But yeah. the third movie, um, as Jason Moore would say, uh, who's my friend, he said uh, his his worst villain is his own suit gone bad, and that yeah. cracks me up. But um, the whole point is like this alien gunk gooey thing, right? Comes from outer space and it lands on his suit or whatever, and 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 it gets on him. And if you ever if you remember the movie, there are these moments where he's fighting right to get the suit off of him, but it's like it, it's almost like glue and it's this like gunky mucky stuff and it's clinging to him and it's and it's trying to overtake him and he's having to tear it off because when this black suit takes form on him he does terrible things yeah he becomes venom it brings out the worst in him it brings out the worst in him it causes him to use his same gifts and talents and his same uh makeup but to do the the adverse thing, the the the, the opposite thing, the contrary, as the mm-hmm. scripture says, right? And so the battle at first is him trying to. He's really enjoying the suit. He's liking it. He's liking this side of him. He's liking how it feels good. He says. Mm-hmm. But as he begins to see the destruction that it's bringing on him and his friends and his 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 girlfriend and his family and everything in his life. He begins to have this internal battle of liking the suit but having to get rid of the suit. By the end of it, he's doing everything he can not to be good in the suit but to get rid of the suit. And that's the difference in sin overtaking someone and causing them to commit 
sins yeah. or to hatat. And then the second movie reference I was thinking of a second ago, you were talking about before, you just ran from the sin, right? Mm-hmm. But now by the Spirit, when you are born again, you're not, your assignment predominantly, and we know there's some, like it says, flee youthful lusts. Yeah. There, there's some things, like there's there's moments that you that you need to flee, yeah. right? So that you can stay in, in, in sync with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you so that you can combat better um, at, a, at a proper moment. But regardless... You can you have authority over sin. You can kill sin. So the movie reference I was thinking of was uh, Avengers. Maybe it was Endgame. Uh, whenever it's like you know, uh, what was is Thanos about to put the fifth stone in the Infinity Glove mm-hmm. or whatever? I, for, I forget what it is. No, no, he did that in one. But he's about to get it back on. He's gonna do something. But anyhow, all of a sudden that hammer slings yeah. and it goes into Captain America's hand, mm-hmm. and everybody in the theater was like. Ah! Because, you know, Thor was like, I knew it, you know, because he's worthy. But once Captain America gets that hammer, it's like, we're not running anymore. We're about to go ham on, on yeah, Thanos. Yeah, because running didn't work last time. Running didn't work last time, and their own little super little, you know, um, interesting plan. No, 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 no. We got to get this hammer, and we got to go. We, we, we got to bring the smack yeah. down on Thanos. That's and the, But until the hammer is in your hand, you're powerless, against the infinity glove well and once again i know i'm geeking out but if you watch the movie you get it so until your nature has been transformed you're powerless against sin but once you're born again you're powerful the weapons Mm -hmm. of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds and that's the the nature has to be transformed if we're to overcome the offense yeah so the goal of christianity is not to fix your sins yeah or to make you sin less yeah it's to make you transform so that you never have the desire, the pull, the you're never enticed to sin again. Yeah. Now, I think I think there's a difference between making a mistake and straight up sin. Mm-hmm. I think people can make mistakes all the time, and yeah. like they can trip. You can say something, and it's like that was really wrong. I shouldn't have said that. And mm-hmm. afterwards, you're like, all right, that was not me. Then there's making a conscious decision to go against what you know to be right and true. Right. Holy Spirit's telling you on the inside, don't. Yeah. You're like, no, nah, I'm going. <laughs> or you don't even have the power to resist, and you're trapped. That's mm-hmm. a Roman se- a Roman 7 person, mm-hmm. is you know it's right, but you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. We are to be, Peter says, you're to be holy mm-hmm. and blameless. So mm-hmm. the standard before and after Christ mm-hmm. is still the same. Right. But now you've been made so that you can walk it out. Yeah. So your life is not necessarily to just don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. Right. Get over sin. Yeah. You're you're supposed to live your life not in con- not being controlled by it. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're necessarily like I'm going to say this, but you're never like you're not supposed to sin. Mhm. Like ever again. Yeah. Well, you're always going to sin, brother. Well, you no. Like, who told you that? The gospel. Like, read your Bible. <laughs> it's not that. That's huge, though. Yeah. People wake up and they say, "Well, I mean, we're all sinners." No. No, you're not. No, we're not. And that's why that's why we don't like it as much as we used to and before it's we so were in Christ. Frustrating because that's just an excuse for you to stay the same. Exactly. If you ever and they come with that Matthew seven, don't judge me. It's yeah. like. I would rather me judge you now than him judge you later. Exactly, yeah. But it's just the whole point of the Christian life is so that you would never sin again. Yeah. Not by your own strength, not by your own works, but you're submitting to what he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, you start where he finished. Right. Or you'll have to go again by your own strength and you will fail every single time. 
That's good. If you, you start, start where, where he, he finished, finished, I love that. Yeah. If you start where he he says it is finished. It is finished. If you start there, yes, and then go forward. His victory is our floor yeah. in the spirit. Like we stand on the shoulders of Christ on the cross. That's awesome. So, okay, back to sin nature. It is not biblical. It is not normal mm-hmm. for Christians to be struggling with sin. Yes. Now, you're, there are people out here that are going to be hearing this, and you are struggling with sin. Mm-hmm. You are not to stay there any longer. And I'm not saying that to try to peer pressure you. to. I'm not saying get better. I am saying it is God's will for you to be an overcomer. That's exactly right. It is God's desire mm-hmm. for you to conquer that. Right. That it might never have a hold of you again, no matter right. what it is. Yeah. Now, how you do that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. It's easy. It's the easiest part, mm-hmm. but it's the hardest for humanity to do. Yeah. Romans eight. The whole subject is living in the spirit, living yeah. by the spirit. Right. The point is, and this is coming back to being born again. Mm-hmm. When you're baptized, baptism is an archetype of death. Mm-hmm. If you think about Noah's ark, what did God do? He baptized the earth. Yes. And everything that walked on the earth that was wicked mm-hmm. and sinful mm-hmm. died. And after the earth was, quote-unquote, pulled out of the water, after the waters receded, right. what remained was righteousness. Yes. When you're baptized and you go under, the Bible says that you are united with Christ in a death like his. Yeah. So everything that you once were, yes. you know, you you like before Christ you were what you did. Yes. You were a sinner. Yeah. You were an addict. You were a slave. Yeah. The Bible calls you a slave to slave sin. Slave to sin. Everything that you once were mm-hmm. is put to death on the cross. Mm-hmm. Now, just as Jesus has ro- risen from the dead in a new resurrected body, yeah. When you come out of the water, yeah. So you are resurrected in a yeah. new body. Yeah. You are no longer what you once were. Right. You're what he You're, is. As as I think it's is it Second Corinthians five that if any man be in Christ, behold, he is yeah. a new creation, a new creature. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he is a new creation. Yeah, and that old word, things have gone, new things have come. Yeah, that new that that word new mm-hmm. is not like the iPhone twelve is the newest iPhone. It's right. not like the most updated version. It's that word new completely different. is like you're a prototype. Right. You're something completely different that the world has never seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're a new creation, you're something completely different than what you used to be. Exactly. Now, if you're raised, if you go to a godly church that does it right, what happens right after baptism? You get prayed for. You get prayed for so that the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit might fill you. Would fill and empower and you. empower exactly. you. Exactly. So Romans eight is life by the Spirit. Yes, that's the key. Yeah. By the Spirit, it says right here in verse thirteen of Romans eight, for if you live according to the flesh. You will die. Die. But if by the Spirit you put to death death the deeds of the body, you will live. live. Earlier in verse 6 it says, To set the mind Mm -hmm. on the flesh is death, but on the Spirit is life and peace. Exactly. So the key to living free from sin is not do everything right. Yes. It's live by the Spirit. Yes. And by the Spirit, put to death all things that are sensual and demonic in you. Put to death Everything that is not of Christ. The key, though, is by the Spirit. Yeah. So that 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 means that you can do it a different way. You can or you can attempt to do it a different way. Yeah. Right. So we can. All right. By the Spirit. If by the Spirit you put to death. Right. Uh, a sin. Right. 
So if it, if by, I mean, anybody in here hopefully is acquainted enough with the English language to understand that that's the me- the preferred method by which, you know, the preferred method of execution on this thing. Mm-hmm. That means that we can either do it by the spirit or maybe a different way, mm-hmm. which in a, we're in a, we're in a binary world, right? There's male, there's female, there's up, there's down, there's uh, light, there's darkness, there's uh, yes, there's no, mm-hmm. right? So that, that that's how we are. We're in we're in a we're in a binary society. So there's by the spirit, and there's by the flesh. flesh. Those are the two wars. These are the waging things. And before you were a Christian, you don't you can't do anything by the spirit. Mm-hmm. You're spiritually dead. You've got your soul. You can be sad about stuff, but you're you got your flesh. It's by your flesh. So everything's by your flesh. So before you're in Christ and you're a new creation, you're this fleshly being having a carnal experience. You're a slave to sin. You like sin. You enjoy sin. You feel condemnation because mm-hmm. the enemy has is having his way with you. And, and his method is condemnation, which is shame and guilt. But you medicate that shame and guilt by the sin that you like so much. But once you become a new creation in Christ, you, 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 you're you a spiritual being, and you're a slave to righteousness, and now you don't like sin. Now, you, you're tempted to sin, but you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit telling you there's something better so that when you sin— you 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 hate it, and that's where you get the conflict of the yeah. apostle Paul saying, "What, dude? I'm miserable here because everything I want to do, I don't do, and everything I don't want to do, I do." It doesn't mean that you can't do good things when you're a sinner, and it doesn't mean that you can't do bad, or that you you will only do good things whenever you're righteous. It just means that the conflict uh, changes because yeah. the goal is different, and now you have this righteousness, right? So you've got to fight this war. Now you're in this war because the Bible says the spirit and the flesh are contrary to one another. Mm-hmm. And some people don't teach this. Some people say there is no flesh anymore. You're all good. And 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 you, you are all good in a sense that you're born again in your Christ and you're righteous. Yeah, and the goal is that you will be that made will all be, good. You're, you're being all good. made all yeah. good. But biblically... You have flesh. It's the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same. You look at the children of Israel. They were already saved through the waters of the Red Sea from the Egyptians, and yet they still were in this progressive battle of choosing to obey the voice of the Lord in the wilderness. So they're already through the waters of baptism, so to speak, mm-hmm. on their way to the promised land, which is eternal life with Christ Jesus. And they're having to consistently decide, am I going to enjoy the manna God gives me and obey the voice of the Lord, or am I going to rebel against him? And there was this conflict. And we find that same way in the Christian uh, life. But we're having to choose. Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Are we gonna defeat sin? So, what do you do when you're a Christian and you're like, I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling with porn. I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling with uh, a drinking. Or I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and I'm struggling with you fill in the blank. Um, because a sinner wouldn't be struggling. A sinner would be indulging. But yeah. a Christian's gonna struggle. But I have to choose how I'm gonna fight this battle. Not fighting is not an option because they're contrary to one another. Yeah. It's this tug of war. But am I going to fight by the spirit? Am I going to fight by the flesh? You know. And what are the weapons of warfare for the flesh as compared to the spirit? And how do we win that war? Okay. So, well, to start, the fact that you feel anything whenever you do those is proof that there's something there. Exactly. So, if you are a Christian struggling with Fill in the blank. The fact that it's a struggle proves that there's life there. That's good. The fact that you have regret, yes. that you have, that you do feel something whenever you do that, means that there's something alive in you. Mm-hmm. So first of all, be encouraged by that. Yes. Second of all, do not fall into the trap of religion. Mm-hmm. When I so I got baptized September tenth, two thousand ten. I was seven years old. Seven. Wow. Now, I know, and I know today. Mm-hmm. I believed then that Jesus was God. Mm-hmm. That he was the Son of God, that he was born, he lived on this earth, 
he taught, he preached, mm-hmm. he healed, mm-hmm. he did all these wonders, and then he was crucified, mm-hmm. and then he was resurrected on the third day, and now right. he's in heaven. Yeah, I whole I know I believed that. Yeah. I understood that as a kid. So I got baptized. And I used to wonder, you know, because I think a lot of people wonder, well, my baptism wasn't real. Was it real? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Mm-hmm. But my struggle with sin didn't come until after. Because mm-hmm. it was only after, which, by the way, your real struggle with sin will begin after you make progress to change. Yeah. Because if you don't, then why would he? I mean, I love how Dan Miller talks about He's like, you're not like a, like, most people aren't a struggle for the enemy. He casts the rod, sticks it in a hole, and go gets the harder catch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until you're actually <laughs> worth catching, he's not right. really going to pay attention because he doesn't have to. Yeah, and he's not like uh, he, he's not omniscient. He's not yeah. all knowing, and he's not um you know omnipotent. He's not all powerful, so he can't be fishing for all the bait all at once. Like he, hey, demon so and so, stick 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 six. He's going to get somebody who just got hired to deal with you. Yeah, exactly. He's going to put a crew leader <laughs> to someone who's harder. Yeah, exactly. So to to manage to mm-hmm. manage a hundred of you. Yeah. <laughs> so when I my hardest struggle was that I tried to you know earlier it's life by the spirit. Mm-hmm. I tried to do life by my own strength. Right. And that was hard. Yeah. Because you know and that's whenever we started our prayer meetings a lot. You know we mm-hmm. started praying and I was going to ever to. There were three a week, and I was going to every one. Yeah. And every time I went, my prayers were the same. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive God, me. God, I'm sorry. You're basically God, going to the Catholic confession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I just, it was every week. Yeah. God, I did it again. I did it again. Yeah. I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. You're and I was living so, out that Apostle Paul, Pauline, Yeah. I want to do, but I don't, and I don't, but I do. And I was stuck in this, I was being pulled apart, and mm-hmm. it was just, it was so taxing on my on my inner, I mean I was tired yeah. of it. So February 9th, 2019 rolls around. Mm-hmm. I go to Power and Love conference where Todd White is preaching. Yeah. And there I have to date the most powerful encounter with the Lord that I've ever had. Yeah. And what I remember most is the scripture in Matthew 11. Mm-hmm. And it starts in 28. Come to me mm-hmm. all of you who are labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Yeah. And then later, I remembered. I didn't. Re- I didn't get the exact verse, but I rem- but this came to mind. And what I remembered was that first verse. And then I remember my, verse thirty, where it says, "For my yoke is easy, mm-hmm. and my burden is light." Yeah. So that night, so I've thought about it. This is what I've come up with. That night, I experienced rest. Mm. Rest is not like chilling, sunbathing. Rest is like <laughs> what yeah. I experienced that night. Uh-huh. Rest. It was violent. Yeah. It was yeah. a good violent. It was, yeah. I was a raft getting capsized in the ocean of God. Yeah. And it was scary, and it was violent. But you'd rather be capsized in rest than floating on and, a sea yeah. of apathy. And that was rest. And, and it yes. was the greatest, it was the most profound experience of my life to date. Yeah. So rest is not like you're chilling in a chair on the beach side watching the waves. Yeah. Rest is violent, and yeah. it is awesome. Yeah. That day I experienced rest. Mm-hmm. Now, the next day I went home, and I knew I recognized the verse, mm-hmm. but I read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So 28 is, come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Yeah. 30 is, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. But they yeah. sandwich this one verse. Yeah. 29, take my yoke upon you yes. and learn from me. Yes. From gentle and lowly in heart. Yeah. And you will find rest. For your soul. For your soul. Right. That night, I found rest for my soul. My yeah. spirit had already been born again. Yeah, I believed, 
I, I really did believe. Yeah. And I'd ask my dad, I talked to him like, I think I should get baptized. I think I should get baptized again. And he'd tell me, and he'd ask me why. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning was because, well, I sinned. You're like, dude, you can't get baptized. By that logic, I'm going to get baptized every week. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm going to mess up every week. Yeah. At best, you're hoping by the time you 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 uh, breathe your last on this Mm -hmm. earth to to maybe only need to get baptized once a month. Yeah. And so, (laughs) so that night I experienced rest. Yeah. Now every day after that was learned from me. Yeah. Learn from me. Yeah. Take my yoke upon you, which is easy. Yes. And my burden is light. Yes. So before. I had this yoke of trying to conquer sin mm-hmm. on my own, and it was unbearable yeah. because it wasn't for me to bear. Yeah, He says, take my yoke upon you. Right. Because on the cross, he took my yoke. Yes. Now I take his. Yes. So since then, word really, like, I used to, I love the word. I mm-hmm. always have. I've always liked it. Yeah. But since then, it has only grown. Yeah. And my understanding has only grown. Yeah. And I expect it every day. Yeah. Until the day I'm, until all things are made new and right. all things are made whole. Right. I will know more. Right. But from that day, I've been in, stuck in a learn from him, mm-hmm. and I've had moments of rest, like yeah. that violent rest in yeah. between. There was one on a Monday night prayer, where I was just like, it was just wonderful. It was just, I love you. Yeah. It was a seek me and you find me, and I sought him and I just yes. found him that night. Yeah. And it was just wonderful. Right. But. I've been in learn from me. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that I stopped. Like, I didn't get set free from sin after mm-hmm. that night. Yeah. Which was weird because I thought mm-hmm. you're going to have an encounter, a powerful encounter, and you're never going to sin again. That's not always the case. Yeah. Well, in fact, it's almost it's never, never the, the case. case. Yeah. No, nobody, nobody never sins again. What actually happened was I experienced rest. Mm-hmm. And then he gives me the call yeah. learn from me. Yeah. I have found in my life uh-huh. that my standing with God, yeah. that my struggle with uh-huh. sin yes. is entirely up to me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Do I want to be free or not? Yeah. And so now I'm the one who determines my freedom. It's good. It's all, I mean, it's if you seek me, you'll find me. Yes. Learn from me. Yes. Learn from me. It's yeah. an, he, God always has open arms. Right. Always. Yeah. I mean, we are stuck in a period of time between... Jesus dying and being resurrected mm-hmm. to his second coming yeah. where you're in a short window of history yeah. where he always has open arms. Right. His grace is sufficient, mercies every day. Yes. But there will be a day when that is not the case anymore. Right. So in this time window that we have, uh-huh. I don't we don't know how much longer it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. His grace is sufficient. Exactly. Come back. Mm-hmm. Start again. Right. It's as easy and as simple as that. Start again. Yeah. Learn from me. So good. Just back to day one. Yeah. So how do you overcome it? You don't. He did. Mm. Start where he finished. Yeah. Take his yoke and learn from him. Yes. And start every day yes. at the cross. Yes, exactly. I think that's so good. You know, I, I kind of think, you know, again, Israel is the picture collectively mm-hmm. of the Christian. You're, 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 you're baptized uh, through the waters of the Red Sea, where the Egyptians that enslaved you and chased you are drowned, right? But then you're circumcised on the other end, which is where the Holy Spirit begins to, according to the New Testament, circumcision of the foreskin was a portrait of the cutting away of the mm-hmm. flesh of the heart by the Spirit. So once you come through the waters of baptism, 
uh, the Lord begins to feed you with the bread of his word as he leads you to the rock of worship, and he begins to cut away the flesh by the Holy Spirit. But then when you go in to possess the land, you have to slay the giants. Yeah. And God does call us to war by the Spirit, from the Spirit, to possess the land. And, you know, I think of uh, the the story of Saul where uh, the prophet Samuel told him to kill all the Amalekites, and he killed most of the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. But he left the choice fattened sheep and cattle and the king because he's like a trophy and stuff. And a lot of times we're like that, where we're like, we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of this, 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 but these are my two or three favorite like pet ones, and I'm going to leave these ones. God's like, no, 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 my will is complete sanctification for you in Christ Jesus. My will is that all the sins and all the things that plague you and torment you are gone from you. But you fight that battle by the Spirit, and, and people do fight it in the flesh. Here's how you fight a battle against sin in the flesh. You try really hard. Mm-hmm. God, I'll never do it again. Have you ever said that? Yes. I'll never do it. That's it. I'm done. That's the last time. In fact, like, let me just say, uh, um, whatever your sin is, you can get so caught up in your own ridiculous, feeble uh, human strength that yeah. you're like, I'll do it this one last time. That is so hilarious. Like, I'll do this one. Have you ever heard somebody say, get it out of your system? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get it out of my system. No, no, no. When you sin, you put it into your system. <laughs> I'm going to indulge one more time. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You're putting it because the eyes are the gate and the ears right, are the gate. So it's like, no, no, no. I'm going to partake and it's going to enter and it's going to store up in my heart. And it's actually going to be like that suit giving way a little bit. So it's like, I'm going to fight this battle in my flesh. No, no, no. It's an endless war in the flesh, trying harder, doing more. Um, and you're on, the only thing you're going to find in that mm-hmm. is frustration, frustration. and because you never will. You never will because you can't do it. You, literally, you, weren't, you weren't designed to do mm-hmm. it. So by the Spirit, it's a yieldedness. It is the coming of Jesus, taking his yoke upon you, finding rest, and learning from him. And I like how he says learning from him because as you learn from him, Romans uh, 12, no, mm-hmm. yes, uh, 1 and 2, be not transformed or conformed to the world. I think that's 12 too. Romans yeah, 12 yeah. Too. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, which the word there can also mean washing, of your mind. The Bible says Jesus Christ uh, loved the church and gave himself as a sacrifice for her that he may sanctify her. And we're talking about sanctification, which is saving of your soul and transformation by the washing of the water of his yeah. word. So, you're baptized, and God washes away the record of your sins, right? The the offenses, the mm-hmm. ha, the hatat, and and whatnot. And then you take His yoke upon you. As now, I'm not a slave to sin; I'm a slave of righteousness. Because a yoke would be a bondage term of what an ox would wear mm-hmm. to plow the harvest field. So, I was a slave to sin with a heavy yoke. Now I'm a slave to righteousness, as the apostle Paul would identify himself. And Jesus with a light yoke to which I am being led by the Spirit to learn from Christ and His Word, in which case my mind, according to Romans 12, 1, and that passage in Ephesians where He washes us, is being transformed and washed by the water of His Word to where now my thoughts are His thoughts, my desires are His desires, so that my actions are His actions, Mm -hmm. and I never set out to stop doing bad. I simply set out to start learning from him. Because righteousness bears fruit exactly. unto holiness. Which is why self-control and all of those are called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the flesh, the works of the flesh, the Scripture says, are evident. 
uh, enmities, outbursts, uh, contentions, wrath, um, idolatry, orgies, uh, sexual immorality, anger, resentment, bitterness. There's a list of the uh, works of the flesh, again, because by mm-hmm. the Spirit, we'll buy the flesh, right? The, everything's binary. So there's the works of the flesh, which are evident, Scripture yeah. says, and it lists all those things that are said. And then there's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and even self-control. So in other words, if self-control is identified as a fruit of the Spirit, you cannot obtain it except by the Spirit, which you become more in sync with as you learn from Christ, whereas the works of the flesh are when you try in the flesh. If you stay in the realm of the flesh... You're going to reap the harvest yeah. of the flesh, but if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap from the flesh. Galatians says. But if you uh, if you learn from Jesus, you are going to be operating by the Spirit. In which case, you'll find the fruits of the Spirit. And I want to I want to say this real quick. I, I I was at an encounter retreat when I was at an internship years ago. And uh, encounter retreats are awesome. We do them here with the youth group and young adults every couple of years where um, you take people that have never been and you go through a journey of openness to brokenness to uh, inner healing of father wounds, identity and, and forgiveness and purity. Right. And and uh, and then the evening we talk, you know, you, you visit Jesus at the cross and, and encounter him at the cross and repentance and then deliverance from any demonic oppression or God forbid possession, yeah. uh, and 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 you're open up to say, Holy Spirit, fill me and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like it's an awesome way to do a retreat, right? But we were at this retreat one time, and we were the night before they had done deliverance, right? So they had you know casting demons out of people and off of people and that kind of stuff and breaking generational curses and everything, uh, which is all real by the way. But the next day, the guy was doing the Holy Spirit session, and he was talking about being filled with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit and stuff. And he did a sermon illustration. And when it started, I was like, oh, this is an awesome illustration. But as it went on, I was like, no, I kind of think you missed the point of the illustration. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. And then he asks one of the pastors in the back of the room, he says, hey, I'm kind of thirsty. Would you bring me something to drink? The pastor gets up with a pitcher of water and a glass, and he walks to the front of the room, and he goes to pour the water in the glass. And they they had arranged this sermon illustration. But before he goes to pour the water, the guy doing this, the, the teaching in the session said, wait, 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 hold on. Why are you using that glass? And he holds the glass up and has dirt all in it. And he said, I can't, and he was like, uh, it's what we had. He's like, man, we can't drink out of that glass. He's like, you know, and he makes the point that until you're, uh, delivered from the, uh, he, he, I don't know if he said it this way, but his point was yeah. until you're delivered from the dirt, you can't be filled with the water. And I was like, no, I think, I think that the Holy Spirit wants to wash you with the water so that the glass is clean. The water is going to clean the glass. The water is going to come in and clean the glass. God's not scared of your dirt or else he wouldn't have got himself dirty on the cross with your sin. He wants to come in and take up residency and wash out the glass so that he can fill you with the cleansing of his spirit so that you're a vessel worthy of use for other people to come and get a drink from. And so the illustration was almost there, but it was backwards. But that's the difference is we don't we don't fight the dirt to get it out so that we can be a vessel worth filling. We present ourselves to the Lord and say, I know that I may be unclean a little. I may have done this or that, but I'm here again. Would you fill me and change me and cleanse me? And that's where the Spirit comes in and does the heavy lifting for us. Yeah, and the most, the dang, the most dangerous thing about sin is what it does to Adam and Eve in the garden. If you watch right after they, right after they eat, it says their eyes were opened, and they saw themselves. So the first thing sin does is it makes you more aware of yourself than it does of Christ. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So they saw their own nakedness. nakedness yeah. And the second problem, here's their second problem mm, that sin problem. does. 
you try to fix it yourself. Yeah. They were ashamed. And Jeremiah 2 says, God says, my people have committed two sins. One, they abandoned me. Yeah. The fountain of living water. Yes. And two, which if when you read it, it's almost as if God's more hurt by the second problem. Right, yeah. They built their own cisterns that don't even exactly. hold water. Don't even hold water. Third, after they try to fix their own thing, mm. they try to fix themselves by their own strength. Yeah. They run away and hide. Yes. From the Lord. Right. And the Lord asks, where are you? Mm-hmm. It's not because he needs to know. Yeah. He knows where they're at. Yeah. He's giving them an opportunity to respond. Yeah. And it comes out and it says, well, we were naked and yeah. we were afraid, so right. we hid. Yeah. Who told you you were naked? Yeah. Have you done what I told you not to do? Yeah. And then here's another thing that I, that's, Adam doesn't, the answer was yes or no. The yeah, question yeah. was a yes or no. Exactly. He says it was the woman. Yeah. <laughs> he can't answer honestly because sin has taken his his ability yes. to claim responsibility away, yeah. and now he's a defender of himself. Yeah. So he's going to put the blame on somebody else. Exactly. Woman, did you eat? Well, it was the serpent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, does yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah, the woman's defective. No, it was the serpent. Yeah. So and here's the interesting about that. Right after all that, mm-hmm. God takes the clothes that they made for themselves mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. And he puts his clothes that he made right. for them on. Right, because he's that kind of gracious God. Because if he would have left the leaves on them, when every time they saw them, their uh-huh. awareness would be the day that they messed up. Yes. Now that they look down and see the animal skin, yeah. their awareness is the day that God clothed me. Exactly, yeah. Sin always, sin always will push you away. Yeah. And it prevents intimacy exactly nothing nothing in this world can like can reproduce after its own kind unless it comes together with something else yeah if sin if the devil can use sin to put a block between you and the father Mm -hmm. you will never be able to reproduce after his own kind yeah and the only thing you will reproduce is after your own kind yeah so that's whenever people recreate their own brokenness their Mm -hmm. own anger their own frustrations their own lacks and their own mistakes and it multiplies right but whenever you come to him, mm-hmm. he's the one that washes you. Yeah. And then you begin to reproduce after his kind. Yeah. And eventually, that's how the earth is filled with his glory. Yeah. That is so good, man. That is so good. Well, and and maybe that's where we need to like anchor out and wrap up uh, for the day is, is everyone, here's a fact, everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Is that Romans 3, 23 maybe? I think so, yeah. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the horror of the sinner is that in your own futility, you will pass the buck, pass the blame, and attempt with religion to cover yourself up with fig leaves so that no one, including God, can see your nakedness. The grace of God is that he chooses to clothe you with righteousness if you will receive his righteousness. And the glory of the believer, the born-again Christian, is that we are clothed with his righteousness and we don't have to hide from the Father. God hates sin. I heard one guy, a guy say, God hates sin like a parent hates the disease that's killing their child. That's exactly right. And they'll do, he'll yeah. do everything to save the child and did everything. To save his kids. And God, like, I remember the day that, like, the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. God is not 
disap- I cannot disappoint God. Mm-hmm. It is impossible for me to disappoint Him. And that so rocked my world. Mm. The fact that He is never surprised by me. Yeah. By anything that I do wrong. Yeah. Or anything that I did right. Yeah. He's never taken back. He's never in shock. He never has to recollect his thoughts and reconsider. Yeah. Have you realized that nothing has ever occurred to God? No. <laughs> God, nothing. God's never gone. Wow. Yeah. Never. <laughs> he's not surprised. He's not scared. Yes. And he's not, for now, yeah. he is not yeah. angry. Yeah. He is more blown away by the blood of his son and the obedience of his son than he is by your mistakes. Yes, yeah. And so if you are covered in his blood, he will not see your mistakes, but Mm -hmm. he will see his son's obedience. Yeah. And that is what makes him so pleased. Yeah, yeah. And for the lost, I mean, that's why it's such good news. It's like, dude, come home. I mean, Scripture's clear. When Jesus comes back, he's going to appear with angels and glories, taking fiery vengeance on those that have not obeyed the gospel and and um and and you know Paul said the wrath of God has been revealed against all unrighteousness but equally and even eclipsing his wrath his grace has been revealed by the blood of his son to cover in righteousness those that walk away and so if you're listening to this podcast today maybe you're like things are great man i'm just in a good spot with god everything's wonderful i don't i don't I haven't you know maybe god's put to death your amalekites and you've been struggling sitting like that or Maybe you're that kid that's hiding underneath the bushes, covering yourself in fig leaves, fleeing the presence of the Lord. And I would say to you that to run from God so he doesn't see your ickiness. You know, John says that those who do good love the light and come to it. Those who do evil hate the light and flee from it. And Satan wants you, if you've messed up, to run from the light, to quit going to church, to to stop talking to people who love God, you know, if they only knew. No, 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 that's a lie of the enemy to drive you from the presence of the one who wants to heal your soul and help you walk out the walk walk out the righteousness he's given you in a manner worthy of your calling. So, maybe you feel like the kids hiding under the bushes from the father, covering yourself in the fig leaves of religion, just hoping that he doesn't see. He does see. And he wishes you would run out to him so you could embrace him and he can embrace you one more time. And I heard it said like this before that, like, I've got kids, right? And um, yesterday, Ella was uh, outside and she tripped over the sidewalk and fell. And um, I didn't get mad at her. I wasn't even mad. She dropped the sweet tea. By the way, we ate Slim Chickens last night. Mm-hmm. And. I brought the drink carrier home, and Ella is two, and she was really trying to help. So she's getting the cups out. And I didn't even realize. I looked at it for a second, and she's getting the sweet tea, the 20-ounce sweet tea out. And I was like, no. She spilt that thing. We just bought it. She spilt the whole sweet tea everywhere. And I was frustrated for a second. I was like, because one of us isn't drinking sweet tea tonight. Mm-hmm. And it was Evelyn. So <laughs> she said, you can have the sweet tea. Yeah. I was like, thanks, babe. I wanted that sweet tea. But... um. I was never angry. With, I wasn't angry with her at that moment. You know why? Because she's two. You know what we're going to do? We're going to dry her off. We're going to dry the tea up. And we're going to sit down. We're going to have a meal. Because you're two. When she tripped yesterday, I didn't get mad at her. I dusted her off and picked her up. Said, it's okay. Keep walking. That's the kind of father you have. And if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You're sitting here running from God. And if you can only see his heart for you, 
you would realize that he's sitting here saying, please stop running. Like, if you're going to be mad or frustrated or down, come be mad or frustrated or down on my lap and let's have a talk with it. Quit covering yourself up. I already covered you in my blood. And that will set us up for... That kind of thing sets us up for any kind of talks from here on how to deal with it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did a series one time called Sin, What to Do with What's Been Done, because we talked today specifically about the nature that drives us to sin, how that needs to be crucified with Christ. And if you're not a believer, I would just encourage you, read Romans. Just read Romans. Get into Romans and read it. Read the Gospel of John. Read the book of Romans. And you will come to a point of decision where you say, all right, this is good news. This is gospel. Give your life to Jesus. It's so much easier, right? But if you're already a believer... Uh, you, you'll make mistakes, and 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 there's there's a way with which to approach the Father and and whatnot in in doing that. Uh, but we'll get to that. But for today, I'd say come out from the bushes and quit hiding. It's a one step program. Come to the Father. Yes, He'll, exactly. Run yeah. to the Father. Yeah, just don't. You want me to keep going? No. <laughs> I mean, they didn't either. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the more that I find out about God's love for me, the more I'm blown away by what grace really is. That's right, dude. Wow. It is so... For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's just nothing like it. Like, that changed my life forever. Mm. And that... That experience... I remember when I first told my dad, my my earthly dad, Mm-hmm about my struggle with pornography. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, had an, I had an idea of what his reaction was going to be, and I was so afraid. Mm-hmm. But I knew I had to tell him, because yeah. I knew that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And so I did. I remember my dad looked at me. He wasn't surprised, he wasn't shocked, and he wasn't angry. And he told me he loved me. Yeah. Wow. And he told me that's not who I am. Mm. And I will never forget that. Because if you don't tell people, if you don't tell anyone, I know especially with sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. You will believe that that's who you are. Yeah. And you will believe that you're alone and that you are fake and you're a fraud and you're two-faced mm-hmm. and you're counterfeit. Mm-hmm. That is not, that is not who you are. Yeah. That's not what you were made to be. Yeah. And he still loves you. Yeah. I will never forget the day that my dad told me he loved me. Yeah. And that is not who I am. And if your dad, being a godly, born again, but albeit still fallen creature Mm -hmm. right now, this side of heaven, could muster up the love and grace and truth in his microscopically finite view of what love for his son looks like to say that truth over you, how much more would our Heavenly Father speak that word of affirmation over you in your brokenness? And I can say with 100% confidence 
if you go to anyone, whether it be your if your own youth pastor, pastor, leader, accountability partner, parent, whatever, God, anybody that's mm-hmm. under godly influence at least, yes, you will be completely surprised by the reaction. Yes, by the by what you'll get back. Yes, because I know I was. Yeah. There is always, always room for grace. Hey, and you know what will break you? You know what will break a man or a woman or a young man or a young woman? Is when you air the dirtiest secrets of your heart and somebody gives you a hug. That type of, that's the never, Lord, you'll never wash my feet that Peter must have been feeling when Jesus stooped down to clean the dirt off of his feet. He said, if you don't let me wash you, you have no part with me. And when you're sitting there and the dirt of this world is on the bottom of your souls and you put it out there before the Savior and he sits down with love in his heart and looks at you eye to eye and just washes it. Wow. That kind of grace leads you to Christ and away from sin because that kind of love it is the goodness of God that changes a man it is the goodness of God the kindness of the Lord that leads a man to repentance and we love him because he first loved us amen amen let's hang it up right there today let me pray God thank you Father for this time if there's anybody on here that's in bondage right now maybe they feel trapped suffocated maybe it's pornography Maybe it's sexual immorality. Maybe they feel compromised or tainted by something they did with somebody. Maybe it's drugs or alcohol. Maybe they went to a party and they knew they shouldn't have gone to and they did more than they should have. And I don't know. Maybe it's anger, resentment, bitterness, hatred towards a parent, towards a friend. Lord, I just ask you right now that you, by your spirit, call them out from the fig leaves into your loving arms, wrap them in your grace, and show them your unfailing love towards them and their value with which you purchased by the blood of your son on the cross. And I ask you, Lord, for grace, which is the righteous empowerment by the Spirit for holy living, for joy, for peace with God. I ask you, Father, to just fill us all with grace to where our good deeds <laughs> our good deeds are just the god deeds which are the fruit of the right tree rather than the works of the flesh and a trying of swords i ask you father for that kind of relationship between you and all of your sons and daughters on this podcast today in jesus name amen amen